So we're continuing our series in Gideon, and uh, last week uh, we saw Gideon called and things, and uh, he did not appear to be a great candidate to be the deliverer of the nation. Uh, he He's hiding. Uh, he's not in the open, he's hiding. And he's doing that to prevent the small amount of grain that he has to not to be repossessed or taken, or shouldn't say repossessed, but taken from him. And when the Lord comes to Gideon, he tells him that he's going to be the deliverer of Israel. And uh, Gideon, like most people, I'm going to be really honest, let me just pause here for a second. The more I read about Gideon and I study him, the more he's like me or I'm like him. And the reality is, I think we're all like Gideon. Because we always try to tell the Lord that he's wrong. Because that's what Gideon tells him. No, no, you got the wrong guy. How could I do it? How could I do it? And after losing the argument, and I'll be honest with you, if you ever try to argue with God, you will always lose. All right? Just get that one put in your head. You'll be a lot better off, okay? Uh, he, he, he loses the argument, and Gideon finds himself worshiping the Lord and waiting on his orders. And as we continue to look at the story of Gideon... Uh, we'll watch as the Lord prepares him for the greatest mission that he has for him. Uh, but he brings Gideon along in a series of small, specific steps uh, that will bring him to the place where he can go forward in a great step of faith. And uh, we'll see here this morning that he takes his first step of faith and it will take it, him to have him a stand against false religion in his town and his family and uh, against the spiritual bondage that was there. And as we go through here, you will be wise to stop and ponder your own life. Now, I love the stories of God's Word, amen? I love the characters of the Bible because they're human just like me and you and how God used them. Uh, but you need to, you will be wise to consider this in your own life because the Lord is still in the business of developing us to go further for Him. We haven't, we haven't arrived if you think you have, I got bad news. Well, I have good news. I got good news for you. You haven't. We, we still so much more we can do for Jesus Christ. So let's look at Judges chapter 6 and verse number 25. And it came to pass the same night. That's the same night this, the event of being called by God. That same night the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that the father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar upon uh, unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants, and as the Lord had said unto him, and so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who have done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon the son of Joash have done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? 
will you, will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while he's yet mourning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself, because one have cast down his altar. Therefore on that day he called him Zerubbabel, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath thrown down his altar. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time to be in your house. And Lord, as individual believers, I honestly believe and we see from Scripture that you are preparing us for greater things. Often we don't want to go any further. Lord, help us to follow you. Lord, help us to learn and glean from your truth this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, the Lord gives Gideon a command. It was a specific command. Verses 25-26. When God speaks to Gideon, it's the same night he called him, right? That's what it says in, in verse number 25. Uh, when God puts his hand on life, he doesn't waste time. All right? He, he's called and he has a purpose. Uh, God has a specific, I shouldn't say purpose, we all have purpose, but a specific task. And he calls him for a specific time. And when God commissions and he calls and he sends that one out according to his will, the, the preparation begins immediately. Uh, just for example, if there was a young person or, or middle-aged or older person who believed the Lord's calling to full-time ministry, the training preparation starts now. Not when you get to Bible college, so that's a really great place to get prepared. But to, in your own local church is a place of preparation as well. The Lord commanded Gideon to, uh, in a very specific way, he told him to take his father's second bullock. Uh, we would think, we scholars think, that the reason the first was not taken because that was already dedicated to Baal. So they wanted one that was not. This one was a clean as such. And Gideon is, take, is to take that young bullock. He's to, to pull down, remove his father's altar to Baal, and he's to cut down the grove that stands by the altar. Now, Baal was uh, a Canaanite god of fertility. There's many gods the Canaanites had. Uh, so Kate, that's the originality. It was from the Canaanites. I mean, it may have been even further back than that, but that's what I could find out. Uh, the Phoenicians, which were a sea-dwelling or seafaring people, uh, lived around the coast of the Mediterranean, took Baal as one of their gods, and they really promoted him uh, around the seacoast of the Mediterranean. And the Canaanites believed that Baal was responsible for the success or failure of their crops and their herds, uh, he was that was very important to them, and so everything they did they could do in their power to worship Baal they would do to ensure his blessing. Now the grove is images it 's not a, a, a grove of trees though that 's a proper English term for trees, a bunch of trees, uh, but this grove is, has more to do with images you know of idolatry now i don 't doubt there could have been trees around there too, but this specifically is talking about an image. All right, and, and this and is often we found through uh, uh, historical readings and archaeology, they have found what's called an azure azure pole. Azure was a uh, Baal's female consort, and she was a construct of the Phoenicians. See how multiple peoples bring their gods together, type of thing. And she was a construct of by the Phoenicians, and they worshipped her by performing vile sexual acts at the grove. They believed that these acts would bring Baal's favor upon them and their families. So his command, God's command to Gideon was very specific. Tear it down. Destroy it. Remove it. And to build a new altar on the rock. And Gideon was to build an altar to the Jehovah, to the one and true God. He was to offer that young bullock as an offering to the Lord. 
Baal's altars, and a lot with other altars to other gods as well, but we definitely know with Baal, it was always in a prominent place on a hilltop. That's where they placed it. They never placed it in the valleys unless they were hiding it. But at this point in time in the history of Israel, there was no hiding this. They were very open about it. So they had it on top of a prominent hill. So him tearing down this altar would not be a hidden act, would it? I mean, you, you will see him really quick. Something going on up there. And everyone would know it was Gideon if anything did happen, you know, up there seeing him at it, I should say. And if they didn't see the altar being destroyed, they would quickly see smoke rising because there was a fire up there, an offering to the Lord. And, you know, God's commands for us are not hidden either, church family. They're not to be a mystery. They're not a mystery. He commands us in a specific ways. Now, he's not asking us to tear down a Baal's altar anywhere, but he's given us very specific commands. He's told us to be in his word. Amen. He's told us to be in church. He told us to uh, to abide in prayer and to walk humbly. Uh, Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In fact, knowing the will of God is as simple as this. I'm Micah 6.8 He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. That's not that hard. I mean, it actually it is. We need the Lord's help to do it, but it's not hard commands in the sense that it's beyond our capacity with the Lord. We can do those things. Uh, we, there are times when God will place a specific call on an individual's life, on your life. He wants you to do this. And when he does that, he'll let you know. You know how he does that? He will speak to you through his word. It's not an audible voice. I can give you an example of my own self becoming a pastor here. I knew it was the Lord's will, but I read his word. Amen. I read a lot of the Bible and make sure is this where I'm supposed to be? You know, I read. I did lots of praying. I wore out some shoes walking and praying. I'm pretty sure. You know, Lord, what would you have? What would you have for me? What would you have? I, I want to know. Uh, through advisors. You know, the Bible tells us in a, there's safety in the multitude of counselors. Uh, let me encourage everyone of every age to find some good counselors. Uh, I, I am disturbed by how quickly people make decisions and they do not have good counsel. Find some good counselors and, and refer to them. It, it's biblical. And through uh, the, the working of other individuals in your life, it's just amazing how the Lord brings it all together when He wants something done. Amen? And when He calls you to do something, He shows you. And, and until He does that, maybe in your own life you say, well, Pastor Alcock, I don't believe the Lord's called me to full-time ministry. I think the first thing is you just be willing to be. Amen? Be willing. I surrender. You might never be called, but that's the first step is just to be surrendered to it. And until He does call you to do something, maybe it's to be a doctor, maybe to be a lawyer, Whatever it is, maybe to be a carpenter, be a plumber. We need those, amen? Uh, and we need Christians in all realms of life. And so whatever it is, when He does call you until then, you keep walking with Him. Keep walking with Him. You keep worshiping Him. You talk to Him in prayer. You listen to His Word. You listen uh, to those advisors that He's placed in your life. And you serve Him. You tell others about Him. When He wants more, He'll show you. I'm so glad my God is not one of 
mystery and smoke and mirrors. He cares about me. And He cares about you. Gideon was to build this altar and make his sacrifice on top of the hill because God did not want uh, this to be done in a hidden way. He wanted those people to see. And the same way God wants us to worship Him in the open. I'm so glad for the freedom that we have in Canada today. That we can worship like this. Amen? You need to be thankful for that. There's a lot of people in the world would love to have this today. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is proper, it's appropriate to come and worship. And it needs to be public, in the open. Hey, we shouldn't be ashamed of our Father, amen? We should be showing our love for Him. So it's a specific command, it's a spiritual command as well. It's spiritual. God had two purposes in issuing this command to Gideon. First is to for God to intend to show everyone that He is superior over Baal. I am God, not Baal. That was one. And the second one would, is that Gideon would topple Baal's altar, sorry, as he uh, toppled Baal's altar and show the powerlessness of Baal. And the second one is God wanted Gideon to know that God would be with him regardless of the opposition that he would face. So this was a small step for Gideon to go forward with the Lord. The Lord called him. Now he's preparing his heart. The Lord is preparing his heart to go forward with him. And that's how our God works. He uses the same things. He uses those things to show us, to prove to us that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's still he's trying to promise those two things in our lives today as well. Every time He gives us a command to obey and we carry out, He gets the glory. He gets the glory. And then by us following Him, He shows through us to the lost world that He is God and that He is worthy of worship. He's worthy of it. And every time He uses us to accomplish His will, He reminds us afresh and anew that we are not alone. We're not alone. And He reminds us that His in His hands are our lives. If we will submit to Him, obviously as individual believers, we're always part of the family of God. But going forward with Him as we're stepping up by faith, He has us in His hands and He's watching over us and providing for us. You know what that tells us? We are special to Him, amen? And He wants to help us to go forward for Him. We have not arrived yet. There's still much to do. There's still much improvement in my own life for Jesus Christ. Sometimes we get caught up in a, how's it all going to look? You know, if I follow the Lord, how's it all going to look? Hey, I'll be the first one to say that I can get caught up in that. It's a fleshly mindset. How's it all going to look? I mean, I want to know all the details. Before I surrender, Lord, I want to know everything. The reality is, if the Lord told Gideon everything, Gideon wouldn't have went anywhere, would he? He wasn't prepared. This is part of the preparation. And so with us as individual believers, the Lord is preparing us. Let's get rid of the thought pattern that i got to know everything. Hey, no, you just need to surrender and follow the Lord. And when that happens, when we surrender our hearts and lives to whatever the Lord would have for us to do, guess what? He gets the glory. He gets the glory. And He uses individuals of great capacity of little ability. He doesn't care. In the sense that I have to have the greatest. No, God just wants our hearts. He just wants us to be following Him faithfully. That's what He wants. 
And we need to take that initiative to, to rid ourselves of things that might hinder our walk with Him. The main reason that the altar was torn down was because it was a hindrance to God's work in that community, in that life, in Gideon's family. Until that pagan altar was destroyed and removed, the power of God could not move at all there. So so with us, we need to get rid of those things that may hinder our walk with the Lord. We need to get rid of those things. The Lord will never use us as He wishes if we keep those things in our hearts and lives. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. That's individually, I believe, for our church corporately as well. We need to make sure that uh, we're pushing those things aside. We want God's blessing. We want God's power in our church. We want to go forward with Him. So we need to lay aside those weights. We need to lay aside those sins. And see God do something great. It was simple. This command was simple. He could do it. It was a baby step to prepare Him for what He could not do. There's still faith involved here, but this was small. Uh, Gideon had everything he needed to do. Uh, he, he had it all for what God was calling him to do. There was no something special he had to get. Uh, he, he was available. He was there. He had the uh, abilities, the, the talents to do these things. He merely had to do what God was telling him to do. He followed by faith. We're going to see some things in a moment. God was using this simple command to prepare Gideon for something more difficult. I can remember when I graduated from Bible College in 2000. And now I look back, especially as I was preparing this message, I look back over the years and I can see uh, this situation or, or this victory or this failure or whatever the case was. And I can say, the Lord was preparing me back then for right now. Though some of those times were extremely painful and they weren't very pleasant other times. But I understand that the Lord was preparing me for right now. And I hope you can look back in your life and say, hey, the Lord was preparing me for right now with those things in the past. He's bringing those things to me to help me go forward. Uh, God was preparing Gideon to do things that were impossible by Gideon. Impossible. Gideon would have never believed God for the impossible at this moment. The first day he was called, he could not go up against the Midianite army. He couldn't have done it. He, he, he did not have that faith yet. He had not seen the Lord work in the possible. God used the same strategy for us. And there's some biblical examples for us to see. I think about David. Think about David. Now, I do think that uh, uh, facing Goliath was an impossible task on his own, right? He couldn't have done that without the Lord. But he faced a lion and a bear first, right? Though, mind you, if I faced a, a lion or a bear, I'd be running. That probably wouldn't work really well, though, would it? <laughs> They'd catch me. Uh, but the reality is, those things he could do. He had the skills to defeat, to kill the lion and the bear. So he used those small victories to help David prepare for a battle that was just ahead, that was beyond his ability. I think about Peter. He was all, he was all hot air a lot of times, wouldn't he? I mean, Peter could be pretty arrogant. And he even denied the Lord. I mean, numerous times. And, uh, and he didn't learn through the, the work of the Holy Spirit to stand for truth. And if anything, we'd say, well, Peter was a castaway. We should, the Lord just should have left him after he denied him. I mean, he was right there as the Lord walked by. He was denying the Lord in the house. Ah, but that was times of testing and proving. And God used in an amazing way to preach the gospel. You don't, if you don't know about it, look at Acts. See how Peter was used by the Lord to do great things. As we prove faithful in the small things, 
then God assigns us greater things. I don't know how many of you have ever owned a business. Uh, my dad still does. And I remember talking to dad numerous times. And he would never give a guy responsibility who couldn't sweep the floor. He wouldn't say, okay, now you're in charge of the till. You, you take people's money. No, if you couldn't sweep the floor right, he'd show you again. If you couldn't get it right, it was usually, here's your slip, go on home. Now, the idea is that we build right, we get the small things right, and we go forward. Then God gives us the greater tasks. When we do those things by His grace, I'm thinking of the spiritual realm now, He leads us to do even greater things. And, and we know that's how it works. According to Luke chapter 16, verse 10, He does faithful in that which is least, is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. That'd be faithful in the little things. Our problem so often is that we don't get the small things right that he asks us to do. We don't get them right. So we'll never be used by God to do greater things if we don't get the little things right. Now, if we won't pray, if we won't read our Bible, or don't do it very much, if, if we're not faithful to church, you know, being involved, involved in the ministry of the church and being in church. If we're not giving, if we're not uh, witnessing, or we're not serving Him in the ways that we know that we have availability today to do, why should He give us more? If you worked, if you were working at your workplace and you weren't doing all your jobs, you know you're not getting a promotion. You know you're not going to get more responsibility. You're in jeopardy of losing your job. Hey, as individual believers, we can't lose our salvation. Amen? Once saved, always saved. We're under the blood. We're part of the family of God. But why would we not want to go forward with our Savior? He saved us. Let's serve Him. Let's do the small tasks He's asked us to do. He'll never use us in great ways until we prove trustworthy in the small things of life. Let's, let's be faithful. We see obedience by Gideon. We see obedience in verse number 27. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and uh, and did as the Lord had said unto him. So it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day and that he did it by night. Without hesitation, Gideon did just as he was told to do. He got his ten servants. Remember earlier in the previous passage, he said he was of the lowly, the lowliest of the lowly and the tribe of Manasseh. He's got ten servants. You know, he was telling little Fibby Fibby to the Lord there. I mean, actually, he's not a little Fibby Fibby. He, he lied. All right. He was trying, trying to find an excuse to get out of it. But he got ten servants to help him to tear down the altar, cut down the grove. It, it was complete. He, God told him. He did exactly as the Lord told him to do. Would we be ready to do the will so quickly as well as individual believers here in 2019? Would to God that we would jump when he calls us? And do exactly what he has told us to do without hesitation. Isn't Gideon a great example to us in that realm? He absolutely is. He's a great example. We typically respond like this, though, when we are called to do something. When we're called to obedience or God has called us to follow him. We usually are like Moses. And actually Gideon as well. We make excuses. Why we can't do it. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, no, no, I can't do that. No, Lord, I, I, I can't. I can't get up in front and talk to anybody. I can't do that. No, no, Lord, no. I can't give my money because I need that. Oh, I, I can't serve in that way. It will disrupt my uh, schedule. 
I mean, I really can't do that. And we're really good at finding excuses. Sometimes we're like Moses as well. We suggest that the Lord find someone else to do it. The Lord's calling you to do something. And I'm not talking about full-time ministry. I'm just talking about He's moving your heart to do something. And we're very quick to look across the pews like, get that person to do it. He's way or she's way better than me. I mean, that, that would be a way better call, Lord, is to use them. Or we're like Jonah. We get the call and then we run. God calls us. Go do this. And we hit the pedal the other direction. And that disobedience dishonors Him. It does not honor the Lord. And you know what I found? The Lord gets His way. We don't. Well, God's called. He'll get it accomplished. I mean, we're not changing the Lord's mind. It's not happening. We just need to follow Him. May the Lord help us uh, develop a heart like Isaiah. We need Isaiah's heart. Here am I. Send me. Whatever it is, send me. Wherever it is, whatever it's involved, send me. Uh, That's where I want to be. Uh, That's where I want to have in my heart as well. Wherever you want me, Lord, do it. Let me be there. We see some fear, though, of Gideon. Well, Gideon demonstrated faith in doing what he was commanded. He demonstrated fear in that he did it at night. He tried to hide his obedience in the cover of darkness. In verse 27 it says, He could not do it by day. Gideon knew that his father, his brothers, the rest of his village would be very angry with him for tearing down the altar of Baal. And he probably knew that they were going to try to kill him for doing this thing. Gideon had faith, but it was small. Okay, It wasn't big yet. It was small. He allowed fear to control his actions. Now, if we're going to be honest, that happens to us too. Okay, I'm going to give you a funny example. Okay, So back in about 1998, 99, somewhere around there, I went up to CN Tower and with uh, my fiance Michelle, okay, and uh, we were going up there. And, you know, I don't really have a real problem with heights. I mean, never, you know, never an issue for me. Uh, you know, and I'm always like, you know, I'm Newfoundlander. We help build the big towers in the states. You know, in New York City, there's a big, there's a lot of guys used to sail ships and went down there, put the steelwork up. You know, all proud about it. Oh yeah, I can handle it. So I get up there. And I'm looking around, the sights are amazing, right? It's totally cool. And then she's like, hey, let's check out the glass floor. Sure, I can handle that. Not a problem. And as I get closer, I'm like, I can't handle this. (laughs) I really can't. And I get over there. And uh, so now I can't not do it. Right? Men. You know what I'm talking about right now, right, men? Men, you know, I can't not do this. So I came up with a strategy. I'm in fear. I'm not seized by it yet. So I'm looking at this and I'm looking for the joints. He's that safe. You know, I'm, I'm looking for the joints. You know, I'm stepping out there. I'm trying to be really nonchalant. Uh, my wife's like, what are you doing on the joints? Or my fiance at the time. Oh, no, I'm just checking it all out. And this little kid comes running into the scene. I don't know who he was. But he's a bad kid. He comes running in that scene and he pushes me because he's doing this. He's jumping on it. And he pushes me and then I land in an area that doesn't have a joint. 
I mean, I'm panicking. I'm flipping out. You know, it's just bad. And meanwhile, my fiance is laughing very hard at me. I had to go to the corner and put my head between my knees. And the whole works. Hey, we know that sometimes we're motivated. We do it, but we're still we're afraid, right? We're afraid. Now, I did get some sweet justice. On the way down the elevator, she almost passed out. Now, that was that didn't sound right. Don't sweet justice on that. I had a laugh at the bottom of the elevator ride. Let's just put it that way. Uh, um, so the reality is fear can do that to us. We can still do it, but we're fearful. We fear the consequences of the decision. We fear the people who know us and live around us. We fear our inabilities. Now, I think it's good to have a realistic understanding of our own abilities. Now, I can be really honest with you. I know that I am not built as a pastor, the pastor church of 2,000 people. I could never do that. Or even 1,000 people, even 500 people. I couldn't do it. I, I just know myself, my limitations. So it's, it's, it's okay to understand your, have a realistic opinion of that. But we must never forget that the success in the Lord's work is not our responsibilities. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to do my duty. That's your responsibility. Do your duty. Do what God's called you to do. I'd like David told Goliath, the battle is the Lord's. That little scrawny little fellow against the mountain of a man, a Goliath, he says, the battle is the Lord's. And it's still true today. Success in the Lord's work is the Lord's business. Our duty is to submit to Him. Allow Him to work through us. And He will accomplish His purposes. John 15:5 on the vine near the branches he that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing we need to follow Philippians 4:13 I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me so in 2020 it'll be 20 years since I graduated Bible college and been preaching I did preach a little bit when I was in Bible college as well but I did a lot more once I graduated and I'm going to tell you I still get nervous. Okay, this what I'm doing right now, I've never really gotten used to. And I think that's a good thing. Because this is spiritual. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know I tell some funny stories, and it's partly to grab your attention, it's partly to illustrate a point, but the reality is what we're doing here is spiritual. It's not of the flesh. And I can prepare and I can pray and do all those things. Uh, it is definitely spiritual. And I've reached a place where I understand limitations, uh, but I understand as well that I'm not capable of doing this without the Lord. I mean, I could, I could still put these messages together. I could still write them out. I could find the illustrations. I could find the, the verses. But without the Lord's power, without me yielding to Him and allowing me to be used, the, the preaching is not accomplished. It has to be through Him. And I think that's what Paul was trying to say to us in Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. You know, the ultimate secret to success in spiritual service is to be crucified with Christ. I'm going to do what Christ tells me. I'm going to follow Christ. We see some consequences. So Gideon does what he's told. 
Verse 8 to 32, uh, 28 to verse 32, he does what he's told, and there's some consequences. Gideon's action caused an uproar in the community. One was, God was pleased by what Gideon did, but he was about the only one that morning that was pleased. We need to be aware that there will be consequences for our actions in serving Jesus Christ. When we serve the Lord faithfully and obediently, we will be glorifying Him, and that's what we're called to do. But those around us who have not received the same calling we have received will not understand what we're doing. We see some enmity with the villagers there. When the men of the village saw in verse number 28, they woke up and they saw it was torn down. And verse 29, they said, Who have done this thing? I mean, they're upset. They're not happy about this. This is upsetting. And they had to find out who did this. Why is the, why has the altar been destroyed? They, they, demand, they demand to know it. Now, uh, Gideon did, uh, you know, he got ten fellas. You, you know, if you work with ten fellas, there's no secrets. Right, fellas? <laughs> You know, we're, there's ten fellows who were involved with tearing down the altar. I didn't think it took long for the constable in town to figure out who did this. All right, this was quickly found out. And when they found out that Gideon had done this, they went to Gideon's father because it was on his property first, and he demanded that Gideon, they did with a one voice, he should be killed. Put him to death for defying Baal. We are deceiving ourselves if we think that everyone is pleased when we obediently serve the Lord. We're deceiving ourselves. There will be people all around us who will not understand us yielding to God. Uh, I've seen this happen. Uh, I step out and say, I'm going to follow the Lord. The family's like, what are you doing? What? What's happening here? Maybe the family feels let out, left out. I mean, well, we weren't told about this or what are the case? You know, you told a lost person that you surrender to the Lord and you're going to maybe you surrender to the Lord. You're going to go on a mission trip, for example. You're going to do what? 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 You're going to take your vacation and go to a third world country and sleep in a hut for three weeks? What? You're strange. Like, what? Did you hit your head before they got you to sign up or something? Like, what are you? Hey, the world's not going to come over. Oh, that's great news. We're so happy. Well, you know one that really gets me though? is that when you tell other Christians that you're surrendering to the Lord's will and they get all upset with you. Oh, God, to be honest with you, that one really grates me a lot. How dare you do that? How dare you get upset with a believer who says, I'm going to follow the Lord. You know why? After you get upset, because you're not doing what God's called you to do. You get faithful. But so often it happens. You get all upset. You know, the unspiritual, you know what? They feel threatened. The one who's not walking with the Lord as they should, they get threatened, so then they lash out. Hey, again, there's lots of biblical examples of this. David faced opposition. First Samuel 17. Jesus faced opposition. Paul faced this kind of opposition in Acts chapter 9. It stands to reason that we'll face it too, folks. It stands to happen. Instead of giving in to those who oppose us, we must obediently follow the Lord in spite of what some might say. Some will say, stop. No, let's just be determined. We're going to follow the Lord. Let the talking mouths talk. Be a doer. Be a doer for Jesus Christ. So we see that they're pretty angry. And we see uh, 
you know, Gideon's family, they were enslaved at one moment, God, uh, at one time. Uh, Gideon's father responds to his, about his son in verse number 31. I like what he says. Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while he's yet mourning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself because one hath cast down his altar. You know, I'm, Again, I don't have any evidence that there's a viewing room of in heaven of the Bible, but if it's there, I want to see this. You know, he, he's like, you're going to intercede for Baal? You're going to put someone to death for a, your God? Like, what is your, what, what are you guys thinking? If he's really a God, he'll take care of things. Let, let, just see what he'll do. When Gideon took his obedient stand and honored the Lord's will, his Lord, the Lord's will in his life, God used that step of faith to touch his family. When Gideon stepped out by faith, it touched his family. The altar of Baal was Gideon was Gideon's dad's. It was on his land. It was his altar. It was his idol. And Joah saw the faith of his son, and he saw the inability of Baal to protect himself, and I believe he was converted. He trusted the one true Jehovah God. He was done with idolatry. And he was ready to follow the true and living God. In other words, Gideon's faith was used to deliver his own family from spiritual bondage. Wow! That should get us a little excited, believers. That God can do that. God's amazing. He's all-powerful. The results of our obedience may not be so dramatic in the sense that we're tearing down idols and things of like that, like Gideon here, but he will use an obedient life to get the glory. He can use your obedience to change your family. He can use your obedience to positively influence our church, the church you're from, for the sake of Jesus Christ. He can use your obedience, your faithfulness to him to impact the community. As he has in the past. You know, I have seen, I have watched as one person gets saved in the family, and then someone else gets saved in the family, and then someone else gets saved in the family, and lo and behold, before you know it, they're all saved. But it became, it started by one person saying, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ, and I'm going to tell people about Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell my brothers and sisters about Jesus Christ. Or I'm going to tell my mom. I can take one example about how a son got saved and his whole family got saved. I'm going to tell my mom about Jesus. I remember that young fellow sitting in his Sunday school class and telling me and my wife, I'm going to tell my mom about that story you just told me. And he was faithful to it. And he told his mom. And his mom got saved. And then he told his brother. He told his brother many times. And his brother got saved. And then his stepdad, years later, got saved. Hey, it's amazing when we are obedient to the Lord what He'll do with us. And what the testimony can affect. Uh, I've seen God take small acts of obedience to be an encouragement. Uh, I've seen uh, offerings, uh, uh, maybe a, a small act of kindness and change the perspective of someone who was hard and cold to the gospel. And that small act is given and now they're open and now they received the Word and some have been saved. Listen, you don't know, but you need to be faithful. Follow. Follow Him. Be obedient. They experienced uh, the, the, with the whole family there. Uh, one of the greatest benefits of this entire event was the life of Gideon. Now, 
he experienced what can happen when he steps out by faith. He knew that the Lord was calling him to do something great. He didn't know exactly what it was yet. He was afraid. And he was unsure how things were going to go. But Gideon followed the Lord. He learned that God would walk with him. God would protect him. And God would give him what he needs to get the job done. You know, this, this I really believe this event here was a touchstone. This was the, the beginning, the cornerstone, the growth of Gideon. He could look back years later and say, that's when it all started. This information I've gleaned from this situation has helped me prepare for the task that will go forward. And then there are other ones that would grow as well. But that was the beginning point. Gideon learned on that day that God was able. He learned that God was more powerful than the, the false gods of the pagans. He learned that God was greater than the enemy. He learned that God would keep His Word and that He would protect His servants. This was all very important, valuable information for this future deliverer of Israel. When we start to follow the Lord by faith, uh, we are a lot like Gideon. We, we're filled with doubts. We're filled with fears. And as God leads us along step by step and He shows us His faithfulness, He gives us a victory and we, we see our faith being developed. And we can learn to trust Him with greater things. One thing at a time. And His plan for us, His work for us. Some of you are much further along in your Christian walk than others. And hey, we're not right to judge ourselves amongst ourselves. That's very unwise. But the reality is we're all in a different place. And we need to be going forward. Are you willing to trust the Lord for more than you could ever have, than ever before? Are you trusting Him more now than you did at the very first day when you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior? I certainly hope that would be a resounding yes, I am trusting Him more. Are you, be, are you able to believe Him for the big things that you could not have trusted Him for when you first got saved? So where does that faith come from? Hey, you had faith in, in when we found out about salvation. You realized that you were lost. You're on a Christless eternity. You found out that you were a sinner and you understood this way I was going. This system of belief I had was wrong. I repented. I changed from that. I put my full faith and trust in Jesus Christ and I moved forward. That, that was a small step of faith. Now that faith needs to be growing. Amen. It needs to be getting charged up. It needs to be going forward for Jesus Christ. The reason where our faith can grow, it comes from God. We look to Him. We ask, we meet, we ask for things in a sense of prayer, ask the Lord to strengthen us. He lifts the burdens of our hearts and lives. He provides for our needs. Uh, He empowers us. He's there. He's developing us step by step, day by day, event by event, year by year, and so forth. So on. He's just there. If we'll follow Him. If we submit to Him. There's more training ahead. For Gideon. God still had some altars he wanted, or not figuratively, not real altars, but there's other things in his life that he had to trust the Lord for. And the reality is the same for us. We have more training ahead. Still God wants us to remove altars, tear things down that would impede us serving him faithfully into the capacity that he wants. He has a plan. And he wants you to be faithful to it. Everything that God allows into our lives is a teaching and growth experience. We're growing. You know, listen, if it was all victories, if everything we did was a victory, you, you know what? We soon get in a life of ease, don't we? 
the victor's disease. We don't think we can lose. Hey, no, the Lord's with us through victories and defeats. To the mountaintops and the lonely, dark valleys. He's there. He uses those times to train us, to strengthen us. If we learn the lessons and walk in faith, He'll use us even more than we could ever imagine. God worked in Gideon's life to train him for a huge task. Massive task. And God cultivated Gideon so God could use Gideon so he would get the glory. Do you know that He's working in your life also? If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He's working in your heart today. You might say, no, He's not. I don't feel anything. Listen, the Lord's continues working in the heart of His, of His children. He wants us to go further. We're like, well, I'm, I'm uh, 48. I mean, what else can I do? Oh, you could do so much more if you would just follow the Lord. Do you understand that things that come across your path from the Lord is there for training to help you become stronger for Him? How are you doing with your training? Hey, we're sending our kids off to school. They're getting educated. They're getting training. How's our training with Jesus Christ? That's greater than any other training. How's our training with Him? Maybe in your own life this morning, there's some idols that you need to tear down. You need to burn them. Let God get a hold of your heart. Do what He wants for you. Is there some here this morning that fear is holding you back? You're fearful of what your buddy is going to say when you tell him that you follow the Lord. He's going to mock you. Let me encourage you to get another buddy. Because that's not really a buddy. That's a weight. Toss that aside. Are you fearful? I don't know what's going to happen, Pastor. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Well, let me encourage you. I didn't know either. Just follow. Don't let fear hold you back. Don't let the world hold you back. Fear what they might say. Don't follow Him. Are you willing and available to the Lord to be used in any way He thinks He can use you? Is He speaking to your heart this morning about the plan for your life? If He is, don't hold back. Don't, don't allow fear to stop you from stepping out and following Him. Don't, don't allow the, the maybes. Well, I can't see it all. I don't understand. The Lord's calling me, but I can't see how it's going to look in 20, 30 years out. Day by day, amen. Day by day. He's there. Follow Him. Be Gideon. We need Gideons today.